are listening to the Elephant in the Room podcast with your host, Sutta Singh. Each week, we will bring you a diverse range of inspiring speakers on issues of inequality and inequity. You will hear stories about fairness, justice, belonging, and about best practice for creating a more inclusive workplace. So, if you are an individual or leader interested in a fairer, equitable, compassionate society and workplace, this podcast is for you. Good afternoon, Barbara. Wonderful to have you here today. And we're going to be discussing something that is very, very close to both your heart and my heart. And this is about senior representation, representation at the leadership level, board level representation for black and ethnic minority talent within our industry, and of course, beyond. But let's limit our ambit to the PR industry at this point in time. To get started with the first question, like the State of the Nation report, which talks about social mobility and looks at tracking social mobility in different ways now, rather than just looking at the number of people who've gotten into jobs. Do you believe we should have a state of board representation in the UK and probably the rest of the world? Absolutely. I've got a couple of theories on that. I think that the CBI as it was before, we can't talk about it now because that's another place, but the CBI (laughs) as it was before, they really should have taken up the mantle. And the London Chamber of Commerce and Industry, and there's all of those regional boards, they should have taken up the mantle, but clearly they didn't. And then we had the McGregor Report in 2017, which actually says exactly this, there should be looking at ethnicity pay gaps and looking at board representation. So it's all been there. So people just don't want to take up the mantle. So I'm absolutely for this kind of state of the, whether it's in another report or one on its own, it absolutely should be there because people need to know the stark reality of what our boards look like, which are kind of male, stale and pale, which they have been forever. And then this whole piece about representation, I'm interested to know what it is we want represented Because let's not pretend we just want some brown faces because we have to look at our government, don't we? We have to look at our government over the last few years, which have lots of lovely brown faces, but their politics are really not helping the majority. They're not helping society. They're helping a small elite. So when we say board representation, we don't just mean brown faces. We mean people who have the proper ethos to help change things, move things forward, not take on some people with brown faces who are keeping the status quo, who are gatekeepers, which is what's happened to the government, essentially. So it's two areas. One, it could have been taken up by any number of organisations. And two, let's make sure it's not just some shiny faces on the front of your catalogue. It really is people who are going to push things forward and make changes. And if you're going to recruit people from the global majority, those are the ones that you really should be looking for, not ones who keep the status quo. So you've also answered a part of my second question, which is why is board Mm. representation an area of focus for REEB? Clearly what we've seen in our society and government, they've left a lot to be desired. It is about people who believe in their politics. So it's not necessarily people who believe in equity and inclusion for all. It is people who believe in continuing the privileges of the classes that are continuing to govern and rule over the country. Exactly. Yeah, but do you think board representation or senior leadership is critical also from a point of view for people, for our next generation, for the cohorts that are coming in to see more role models? 
Absolutely, I do. Because ultimately, not only we, but I think every decent human being wants to go and work in an inclusive culture that's accepting, it's psychologically safe. And we know all whiteboards who have had the reins forever have had the power, but they can't seem to make boards and environments and cultures safe for everybody. So absolutely, I think it's really important. I looked at some figures on the national census from 2021, and that put the 46.2% of the population in London, this is for London particularly, are Black, Asian, mixed and other, other is their term. And and also it said that the urban areas around the country, but specifically London, has the sort of median age of 25 to 29. Now, what that's saying to me is talent. That's a talent pool. And I'm just using London as an example because I didn't go through all of the major cities. But if that is your talent pool, okay, if that's where you're going to get your future talent from. If you're blocking those people, one, when they come into your organisation, they're not seeing themselves. So it isn't psychologically safe and it isn't inclusive. But two, that is the future. I think people just need to get used to the idea that the future C-suite isn't going to look like them. And I know a lot of people struggle with that, even today, they're struggling with it. And I think this is how our industry, having that board representation, having that pathway clear, is how our industry stays relevant. I mean, the world changes, society changes, so does the talent pool. And unless the leaders now give opportunities, people who don't look like them, who are different, they're going to be dinosaurs. It's going to be a huge risk and they're going to literally wither and die because people won't business with them. I mean, it's kind of a sustainability piece, but it's a risk as well. Absolutely. That's why it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. I think organizations have to look at it from a business risk and resilience point of view. Yeah. I'll combine two questions into one and ask you this Mm. one. According to you, what are the key barriers for board representation or C-suite for Black and the global majority? You and I are well aware that there's no dearth of leadership talent amongst these groups. However, Mm. senior opportunities continue to elude them. And if I give the example of me or of you, I stepped away very reluctantly a couple of of years back because I just couldn't open any doors for myself and people did not yeah. see me as a senior leader. And I'm assuming it's the same for you. We step away because we don't have an option and because people are not giving us the choices. What are the barriers? So it's the recruiters, it's the leaders. The Why number are they of not things. able to engage with people like us? Yeah, well, you're very kind and you're very benevolent to say you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Me, not so much. So I think, well, well, let's start from the beginning. PR and comms in the UK, we know from the last PRCA census, was about £16.8 billion. It's a billion pound industry. And the people with the power, who are mainly white and mainly male, they don't feel they have to change. Why should they change? We've made all this money for ourselves. and We've made it this way. And the industry's been this successful with this kind of format And this system, so why do we have to change? And if you think about it, if you go back a little bit further, you think about British society and the British idea of capitalism. How was that wealth built? How was the empire built? It wasn't on having tea and crumpets with people around the world. So the fact that I think that people have subconsciously got used to, so I think people are thinking, well, that's the lay of the land. Why should we do anything different? That's the status quo. It's working for us. That also leads into opportunities. The top jobs for opportunities are just given to this small elite. And that little elite likes it that way because they got their little click 
And that elite, see, this kind of the components of the elite can be classism, so class, social mobility, which is part of it, which I really do think needs to be a protected characteristic now. It's ridiculous because yeah. it's just so blatant. If you're not ticking that box, you're just not getting in that club. They're just not letting you. So I think in terms of barriers, it's desire. I've been saying desire since 2020. Remember, much of the things we experience in life is because somebody wants you to experience in that way. Yeah. That is why you experience it. So let's not forget that. And then there's this magical, mystical pathway to the C-suite. No one else seems to be able to find it. And that's because we have gatekeepers. As I described earlier, there's some pretty strong areas where people will just stop you dead. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. And it can be not only your background, social mobility and race, it's universities. It's maybe the way you speak. And then for you to get to the C-suite, certainly in our industries, they expect you to have had worked on high profile clients and worked for big brands and led a huge team, maybe internationally. But of course, we are not on that path. How do we get to do that? If you won't let me lead a big client or a big brand, how am I going to have the experience so you can open the C-suite to me? It's so much gatekeeping. And I don't think it's unconscious. I think it's absolutely consciously done because they like the little look of their club, who's in there, and they don't want to let other people in. And those are the real blockages because there's no other reason. If you look at who's going to university, it's completely mixed. In fact, the global majority are the majority of young people who graduate. It's just a nonsense. That means it's stopped. It's blocked somewhere. And I think the gatekeepers just need to open the gate and show the love. That's what they need to do. Because one day there won't be a gate. There won't be a gate for them to keep and they will just be on the outside rather than on the inside. And as you spoke about earlier, it's a huge risk that they really need to think about, really do. Absolutely. And yeah, I think our industry is also such that it's very cliquey. People know people and they know someone or the other in positions of power and those people keep recommending each other the big circle, same, isn't it? circle of people within that and people who are outside are always going to remain outside and how complicit are recruiters in this entire business <sighs> how much understanding wow. do they have of the challenges yeah i've had some great recruiters but i've had more poor recruiters and i think that recruiters just need to grow a backbone i think they need to try and draw themselves away from the commission because it's all about the money and commission. And I think they need to seize an opportunity to make a real impact on societal change. They really are in a position to do that. And if they could just draw themselves away from just being the carrot is the commission, then they could make so much good. I think the whole idea that they have to present a candidate in their own image or the last candidate who fulfilled a role, let's just send another one of those along. I find it gutless and weak. And I tell you what, I think if you and I, Soda, and people who look like us can go into a job, an all white space every day where we are ridiculed, where we face yeah. microaggressions, where people are ghosting us, where people are just rude and ignoring us. And yet we go in, we do our best work, we go home, we come back again. That's yeah. courage. 
And I think recruiters need to just grow a spine and think, I think I should be helping my client to convince him and advise him that the talent pool is open now. It's wide. It doesn't have to be in your image and my image. Take a look at some different types of people. I don't believe in blind CVs. I think you should know my name is whatever my name is. So I'm not exactly like you. And that's the reason why you should take me because I'm not exactly like you. That's why I don't like blind CVs, but that's another conversation. (laughs) So I think that they really are missing an opportunity. And I think they need to be courageous. And I need to think, even if for one minute, just not think about just the commission. And I have a quote. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Applicable for recruiters. And the quote is from Thomas Sowell, and he is, he's about 90s now. He's black, he's African-American, and he's an economist. And he said something that just seemed to sum up where we are with recruiters and the whole atmosphere that we have and the whole situation we find our industry in. And it says, when you want to help people, and this is for you recruiters especially, you tell them the truth. Yeah. But when you want to help yourself by your commission, you'll tell them what they want to hear. And that's exactly where we are, sadly. So I think there's a role to play for recruiters. I know a few of them say, I know a few of them are on the scene saying, yep, we're helping inclusiveness and et cetera, et cetera. And they participate and what have you. But to be honest, I don't believe that they're pushing people, especially senior roles. I don't believe headhunters and those elite recruiters that ring you up yeah. out of the blue and say, you've got this great board job from you. I think it's just performative because the boards are still male, pale yeah. and stale. So either yeah. they're failing on a massive scale or it's performative. Yeah. No, so I think they need a huge amount of awareness and understanding about the untapped talent pool that exists. Indeed. Actually, in today's world, should have already read about it or should know about it. But if they don't, wow. then they need to know about it. Well, uh, it's 2023. Yeah. There's enough information to fill the British Library on yeah. what you need to know about inclusive cultures, all yeah. of the various buzzwords, DNI, inclusivity, yeah. equity, et cetera, et cetera. It's all there. So if you don't know about it, it's because you don't want to know. Let's be honest, you don't want to know. Absolutely agreed on that. So moving on, Barbara, do you think shadow boards could be the way forward as a way to build skills and visibility for talent? You're smiling. <laughs> It's a hard no for shadow boards. We are already in the shadows. We need to be in the light. We need to be out in the light, not in the shadows. We don't need to skulk about in the shadows. And all that needs to happen, I understand the concept, but all that needs to happen is equity. This is why we're the Race and Ethnicity Equity Board. Treat Mm -hmm. everybody fairly because they wouldn't be in your organisation if they didn't have a certain level of talent. Start looking around and saying, I don't, don't need a shadow board. Your talent is right there. Just give them equity, give them what they need. Same as the white counterparts. I don't want to feel like I'm white bashing, but it is what it is. That's who's got all the positions at the moment. Treat everybody fairly, give people what they need. It's called equity. And you will have a massive talent pool for the C-suite. I don't think you need to be in the shadows. Sorry, we're in the light. I love this. There's so much conversation nowadays. I think that's like another easy tick box. Yeah. Created a shadow board. And I love that you've totally sort of shattered that idea that it's something good. It's not. We are already in the shadows. Don't need exactly. to be in the shadows anymore. We need more light. Yeah, we need more light. So what would your recommendations be to businesses on building inclusive boards? What are the two or three things that organizations can do to get started? 
I think this is something that, first of all, if no one has really checked out Reeb's terms of reference and all our recommendations, check them out because it breaks down. We were quite thorough in terms of think the sorts of things that should be happening in your organisation if you do want an inclusive culture. It's all there, but two or three that really all stand out for me is number one, it's you've just discussed it, is look at your recruiters, look at your recruitment policy. That's in-house team, external recruiters. You hold the purse strings as the clients and you say to them, if I don't get a diverse candidate pool, I'm taking my business somewhere else. You won't get any of my commission because there's a thousand other agencies and consultants, but especially the top, especially for C-suite, especially director, even director level up, SLT. If I'm not seeing some different faces out there, then you're not getting my business because I've just said 46.7% of the population in London, some of those must have some sort of experience that you can use. So make it broader. That's number one as a client. And then going back in-house, I think to the in-house recruiters and the hiring managers, look at transferable skills. It's my favorite phrase, transferable skills. (laughs) If you think about it, there's this magical path that only a very, very small number of people manage to go on to get to the C-suite. Everyone else is floating about outside. Of course, I've never led a big international team. I might never have done A, B, C and D because I'm not allowed to because it's blocked from me. So look at what else I've done and start thinking about what does it this board needs? What is it this organisation needs? What are our outcomes? And try and move away from what do they look like? I need to get X. Here's my outcome. I can only be delivered this outcome if the person looks like this. That's where we are right now. You know, if you can let that dissipate, because it's nonsense. But think about what you need, not what they look like, how they look. And then look at transferable skills. Look at other areas where people have moved up, where they've done work, bits and pieces. There's so much there. If you could just think a little bit outside the box. We are supposed to be creative in our industry. Yeah. Taking myself an example, I remember the first board that I chaired, it was quite a serious board. It was a community board that worked with the local police force and the local police station. So that was the Ministry of Justice or whatever they were called at the time. So it was a bona fide, and I chaired that board. I was like a junior manager or something, as well, even though I was older than a junior. But I was chairing this high-level board. I met with the borough commander once every few months of Brent for all the policing. That was my role as chairing that board. But at work, (laughs) I was just down there. So look at what people do in their spare time. In the voluntary sector, it's a great way to get opportunities to fulfill your passions and your needs, but also you can get a great experience. And I wish organisations wouldn't just dismiss people if they've chaired a board that's a voluntary board and think, oh, they can't go board level. There's lots of governance In lots of charitable organisations. If I was chairing a board, I should at least be able to get into the SLT because I was at that level. It was a big board. Hey, so open your mind, transferable skills, look at your recruiters and then sit down with your strategy. Make sure psychological safety and being inclusive, having inclusive leadership, it's operational. It's how you make profit. It's how you operate. It's how you stay viable as an organization. Weave it in. It's not just a bolt on. Weave it in. It should be when you get up every day and go to work, that should be part of it. That should be part of the DNA of the organization. And it's like human rights. I don't understand how it cannot be. Yeah. No, as much as people talk about blind CVs, et cetera, they love to get people who are like them within the organization. 
And yeah. I think that creates not a very productive team, so productive workplace, because you no. have people who are similar in thinking, exactly. experiences, etc. Like innovation. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that they need to open their minds on the transferable skills. And you're talking about voluntary boards. Also to look at why are they on voluntary boards and not beyond. Well, exactly. I had so many senior roles voluntarily before I ever made it to director level or head off. I was an old hand by then because yeah. it's sad that outside of our industry, they valued your input. They valued yeah. your experience. They valued what you could do. But that just goes to our industry doesn't really value it unless it yeah. comes in a certain package. That's really not good. Yeah, but yeah. I think there are some good, simple ways in which people can get started and, of course, go back and look at read terms of reference and the documents that reports that we have there definitely as guidance yeah absolutely i mean that's a good point we've have the ethnicity pay gap which is a couple of years old now but it tells you how to get started so ethnicity pay gap and i say it's no blame these sorts of guys they're free you download them in your own time at your own leisure have a good read for pick bits you can do or do it all fantastic yeah. and then we launched prism so this is what reeb have done and we've launched prism which is pr inclusion marketing it's mentoring and sponsorship and essentially it's a mentoring group but we made it more equal we yeah. said that our mentors had to absolutely give up their time we said we're not interested in mentors who just every six weeks will take you for a starbucks coffee and that's the end of it. We need you to sponsor. We need you to mentor. We need you to try your best to utilize your network. We want you to help them move up. We want things to happen. Otherwise, it's just another mentoring scheme. And then we've just recently launched our report. It's a conversation starter, but it's about the experiences and it's called Behind the Mask. And it's about the experience of Black, Asian, mixed, ethnically diverse men in the industry, which no one ever talks about and their experiences. Now, bearing in mind the path to the C-suite is very male and very pale. And sadly, it might be that one of those men gets to the C-suite before you or I do, Siddha. So it's really important to hear about what it's like for them, what the experience is. And everyone can appreciate. It's really worth it. It's downloadable now. Everyone can appreciate to work behind a mask and not being able to be yourself because of this culture that people have created, because the culture equals money. Yeah. The report, when it was launched, we saw a lot of traction for it, engagement from people speaking up about how they were able to like identify with what is being spoken Mm. about. So it's not as if Reeb is doing some random stuff. We are doing very, very focused, strategic things that are likely to make a difference to the lives of people who work in this industry. Barbara, On to the next question. Are there any role models in the industry who can serve as inspiration? I think people who are doing in small pockets doing some good. Yeah, I think there are lots of people who are like you and I, sort of just chugging along, pushing along, keep moving forward. Because what else? No one wants to go backwards, so you can only move forward. So moving forward. So there are lots of people who I, and I take my hat off and I admire, especially if you're working behind a mask, like a lot of men are but who are just going to their job, they're doing their best, they're sadly having to absorb all of the things I described, ridicule, microaggressions, open hostility at work, but they're still putting their best foot forward. And that's why there's been an explosion in independence, because you can only take so much. And so you think I'm better off taking my chances. But 
not necessarily in PR and comms, but broader. Well, apart from I'm a great admirer of Tam, Kamiqua Lake or Pierce yeah. as she was. She yeah. was on our board because she runs colder. She had some great roles. She sat on the board with me in PRCA, but she's steadily pushing her way forward with colder and she's purpose-led and it shows you it can be done. You know, yeah. if you're not just in it for a quick buck, it yeah. can be done where you can do all of those things. You can have an inclusive culture. She works with big brands, but she's making them look at their purpose, why yeah. they how they do business. And I really admire that because she's still quite young. So yeah. it wasn't say her career was over. She's reimagining a career. Yeah. And then I also admire someone who's in advertising, which is great. It's Karen yeah. Blackett because she's just got to the top in yeah. advertising and advertising of which we're down there in the same kind of area. She is massive and she's a black woman and met her once in a sort of forum. And she's really inspirational because she's very, very, very down to earth. She hasn't lost sight of how she got there. And she's not someone who's closing the door behind her. She's yeah. not enjoying her status and thinking, well, this is for me. The door is well and truly open behind her. Yeah. And if there's a way for let people through, she absolutely will. And the other person, a man I admire is Ete Davis, and he's more on the creative side. But yeah. again, he came and spoke about being a CEO. I mean, we talk about getting to the C-suite, but what's it like when you get there? Yeah. Not great. But that's another podcast when we get people yeah. there. Yeah. It's the yeah. culture. They need support. And because there'll be lots of people who don't want them to be there. Yeah. So those are the ones who stand out for me because they've absolutely sort of made it to the summit, but still haven't forgotten. They're still involved at grassroots. They're still involved in community. They still understand that this is not a one-off. I want more people who look like me to come and share in this environment. And I think that's really important. Yeah, that's really wonderful that they've forged ahead. It must have been as difficult as it is for us. Yeah forged ahead, made it to the top and opened the door for like few generations, which mm. is like really brilliant. So we have our last question. This is what happens when you enjoy the conversation. What would your call to action be for the PR industry, Barbara? Oh, wow. What my call? So many, so many, but I think... Onboard representation and... I think onboard representation, I think for leaders can just stop making excuses now. Stop <laughs> making excuses. It's 2023. We watched someone being lynched on the streets in 2020. As we said earlier, there's a plethora of information about what this means, what it means to society. And I say to you, if you're one of that clique and elite who enjoy the status quo, say it, own it. Say, I know we haven't got a very diverse board, but I like it that way. I think it's been profitable. Say it, own it. Don't try and hoodwink all of us, as, as yeah. lots of your employees, and with this performance of, yes, d is good, equity, yes, we're, don't do it. Just stand in your truth and say, I like it the way it is. My board is all white, and I think that's most successful. And do you know what? If somebody in your organisation wants to make changes, don't stand in their way. If it's not for you, stand and stand in your truth and say, I don't want to block it because it's not for me. But let people in your organization, if they want to do the work because it's work, I say to you, 
don't block them. So stop making excuses for why there isn't, because we know there's transferable skills. We know the talent pool is there. And then shine a light on this mystical path. Let's see it. Open it up. Open it up to everybody. And you'll be surprised how many people can walk on that path and be successful. Stop gatekeeping, because at some point there will be no gate to keep. That's my call to action. They absolutely know what to do. If you don't know what to do, come and talk to me. There's loads of independent (laughs) You absolutely know what to do. So let's stop pretending that, oh, I can't find any people or Mm. where are the transferable skills? Absolutely. And then we'll point them to even more people. That's like a wonderful conversation. And I really like the thing that you said about who's in the SLT or who's in the leadership team. I mean, what are the skills that they have? Like open that up. Tell us how different are they? So many more people can... Go up they there. are. And I know someone said, I know somebody famous said that it was because the reason why they keep it a secret is because the people who are on it are very mediocre. They're very <laughs> mediocre. And they don't want to embarrass the people who are coming up behind them who don't look like them, who could be wonderful. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying everyone is, but they could be absolutely amazing. And the people are thinking, how did you get this job? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do apart from being who you are? How did you get yeah. it? And nobody wants to face that question because mm-hmm. that's the key question, is it? How did you get this role? And how am I not getting this role? And if you look at what we can do, it's like, uh, not seeing it. Yeah. Not seeing it. That's true. That's true. So thank you very much, Barbara, for making time for this conversation. And of course, we will be doing a lot of other activities and initiatives to talk about board representation and to actually take Indeed. action where we can hold yeah. our agencies and our in-house people or our industry accountable. Absolutely. We're here to support We'll run the talking sessions. We'll run listening sessions. We'll help you with activity. We'll help you with strategy. We can even help on the recruitment side because there are specialist recruiters. It's all the tools are there. Just need to pick yeah. them up. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you, Sada. Thank you for joining us this week on the Elephant in the Room podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on any of your favorite platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. And if you enjoyed listening to the podcast today, don't forget to write a review and tell your friends. Sign up on the link in the show notes to receive updates on our guest speakers, blogs and events. And don't forget to tune in every Thursday for new episodes.